your smiling faces. Yeah, you guys are cute today. Um, I mean, I say that from this distance. We get closer, I might change my mind. But no, look, I'm I'm excited. You guys are here this morning. I, I want to, uh, as as we get started as well, I want to greet all of our. We're we're going live. Normally, we go live during our first service. Today, we decided to go live in our second. Um, so we have our, our, our live uh, people online who are joining us. Welcome. We're glad y'all are here today. Um, I, look, I, I want to real quickly address, uh, obviously there's a lot going on uh, in, in the state, in the nation. Um, people are hysterical. Uh, but look, just because we stay open and somebody else doesn't, doesn't make us right and them wrong. Just because somebody else shuts their doors and we don't doesn't make them right and we're wrong necessarily. Now, now hear me when I say this. I, I think uh, we've been talking about relationships over the last few weeks. And now, guys, more than ever, more than ever, we have the opportunity to truly show Christ uh, in our actions. Um, I, I, I can say that uh, there's, there's Facebook posts that I have read this week um, from people that uh, even call the, the, this home, church home, and I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't read them to you because, man, it's it just, uh, the point of Christianity, the point of relationships is about a coming together. It's about building each other up. It's about encouraging one another. And now, guys, more than ever, more than anything, that's what we need to be doing. There's people that we don't know what they're going through. We don't know situations that when they, CDC talks about uh, weakened immune systems. Man, we have people in here that are, are dealing with cancer, and then we have people that are dealing with with uh, other different sicknesses and diseases. And look, for those, we're glad you're home. We're glad you're able to still tune in. We're excited that we're still able to provide the, the word of God and, and reach out to those. For those of you that feel comfortable coming, we're glad we're able to do that as well. Um, it, it may change over the next few days. You know, as of right now, we're, we're keeping our programs open, keeping up you know, with everything, all the while still maintaining and, and listening to local health organizations as well as uh, nationally, on a national level, federal level, we're listening to what's going on and, and uh, having to make judgment calls. There's people here in town that have had to make judgment calls that are different than ours. Uh, again, I don't know what their board had to sit through and decide to come to that decision, but it was just that. Their board had to come to a decision, and, and for them, for their people, that's how they best served their community. Um, we can't bash somebody just because uh, they do something different than, than we do. Um, now more than ever, guys, we've really got, there's a scripture in, uh, in 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, that says, for, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Now that first part, we, we love it. I mean, that's, that's usually one, though, that we, we kind of slap people with. Well, God doesn't give me a spirit of fear, so I'm going to go walk about, look, Yes, God does not give you a spirit of fear, but when that verse continues, it says, but of power of love and of a sound mind. Sound mind means we're listening to the, the authorities, the people around us, those that, that have a, a higher knowledge, higher pay grade, if you want to call it, whatever. Those people are making decisions based on a, a national level, things that are going on. And so sound mind, there's people here this morning that had to stay home. God bless you. Look, if you're here online this morning and you, had to, you couldn't get out, man, we welcome you. We're excited that you're able to join in. If you're here this morning, uh, man, we welcome you. We're excited that y'all are, are here. But through it all, guys, we've got to remember we are the body of Christ. Church doesn't end when I say amen here in, in, in uh, well, I'll give myself an hour. How about that? 
Uh, no, look, church doesn't end. Why? Because this isn't the church. This is the church. So when the church leaves the building, when you and I leave the building this afternoon, I pray, I pray, I pray that you use the opportunity to continue the relationship principles as well as building up, edifying one another. That's what it's all about. We started our, our whole series um, with this particular passage, and this is in Philippians 2, verses 5 through 8. It says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ. In your relationships with one another. So in the relationships, the people that you pass at school, the people that you pass at work, the people that you pass in the grocery, the people that are your neighbors, in every single one of the people that cross your path, in every one of your relationships, have the same mindset as Christ. The great thing about this scripture is it then goes on to tell you exactly what that mindset was. Have the same mindset as Christ, who, although he was even God, even though he was deity, didn't use that to his own advantage, but rather humbled himself, taking the very nature of a servant and becoming obedient even to death on a cross. So what the scripture is telling us, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ, who humbled himself, taking the very nature of a servant. I think now more than ever over these next few weeks with, with things changing, we have the opportunity to serve our community. That was one of the, uh, the decisions I, I set in with the, uh, uh, the board as they were talking about, the board for Grow, as they were talking about the daycare and whether or not they were going to keep it open. And, and the discussion came down to finally how do we best serve our community. And for us, for this particular, for the daycare, they were talking and they said, look, ultimately, we've got teachers that, that need the paycheck. As well, we have parents that have to go to work. And if they can't take their kid to, to the daycare, they can't work. So our community is better served right now with us staying open. Now, can that change? Absolutely. That may change over the next few days, few weeks. We don't know. We're just going to watch. We're going to pay attention. We're going to be mindful. But all the while, we're not going to have a spirit of fear. We're not going to be ruled by fear. But we will have a sound mind. A sound mind is, is listening to authority as well as following the instruction, what we know that God has already told us, but as well listening to those that are around us. And so I encourage everybody here over these next few weeks, in fact, as we wrap up our relationship principles today, uh, we're, we're talking uh, numbers, let's see, six and seven are, are just so apropos for today, I, I, for this time period, I think, that, that we're in. Um, guys, look, we, we need, we need, we need to remember that we represent Christ. We represent Christ in life. We represent Christ at work. We represent Christ at school. We represent Christ in, uh, when, when you're buying toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> Even then, yes, we represent Christ in life. And so what are we doing to show people? Uh, we have a number of people here that are dealing with, with different sicknesses. There's, I mentioned there's cancer. There's uh, even a few others. And they're not able to get out and get around. So in these times, what are things that we can do to help those people? What are the, what are the things that we can do to help our neighbors who, who may be homebound due, due to a weakened immune system? What are ways that we can help out the people around us? Because ultimately, all of it, how God builds in our life is not because God is just building in you to be some super example, you know, look at me, I'm a, I'm a shining light. That's not what it's about. Yes, you are a shining light. I'm going to talk about Matthew 5 here in a bit. But listen, it's so much more than that. God is building in you to build into others. God is always building in you to build into others. We started off by saying that God builds three ways. And the three ways are revelational. There's a revelational love, there's relational love, and then there's generational love. 
Now, revelational love, that's how God builds. God's revelation is his working in our lives. God's work in us. Nobody can, can, uh, nobody can show you Christ. I can point you to him. Hear, hear me as I, as I say this. I, I, nobody can show you who Christ is because ultimately what you have to come to is a, a revelation that is only given to you by Christ. And that revelation is God so loved the world. And once you have that revelation that God so loved you, more so than the sin, than the past, than the hurt, than the ache, than, than everything else that you've been through or gone through. When you realize that God loves you more than anything, that's a, that's a moment that is done directly with him in your life. I, I can point you to Christ. Our lives should be just that. It, it should be a walking example, pointing people back to Christ. But ultimately, I can't reveal Christ to you. Christ is, is he does the revealing in, in our lives. It's the revelational love of God. And once you grasp, once you get a hold of, of, oh my gosh, God so loved me, so loved me that even when I was in sin, even when I didn't care, even though I, I, I completely shunned him, he loved me so much that he still wanted to, that I should have life everlasting, abundant life. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God so loved you. And that revelation, it's, it's a monumental moment in our lives. God builds initially, revelationally, through each and every one of our lives. It's the revelation of the love shown on Calvary's cross alone. God builds revelationally. But then he uses that revelational knowledge, that revelational love in your life to then build relationally. In Matthew 5, I talked about it. Jesus is talking, and, and he's talking about being salt and light. He's talking about how we're supposed to make a difference. We're supposed to, uh, if, if salt, if, if, some, if food isn't, isn't enhanced by the flavor of the salt, then what good is the salt? So the same in our lives. If people's lives around us, through relationship, isn't enhanced because of the love of God, the revelation that we've already had, if they don't witness the revelation in our lives, then, then we're missing the point. That's the point of relationships. Again, Scripture from very beginning to very end is all about relationships, but not just your relationship to Christ. In fact, I, I dare say even more so, it's your relationship to those around you. Yes, your relationship with Christ is super important, but God uses that, your relationship with others, to then be able to show other people the revelation, the love of God. There was a, a study done recently I was reading, and it was talked about how... Uh, how people have, have gotten saved, come to Christ. And there was a list of, uh, I forgot how many different options. You know, were, were you saved at a, at a, in a tent revival meeting, at evangelistic meeting, because of a, a neighbor or a friend, or because of a, there was all these different things. And ultimately, every one of the answers, it was over 80%, upwards of 90%, came down to because of a relationship. Even those that said, well, I got, I got saved in an evangelical church service or a, a, some missions meeting somewhere, all of those, even then, they were influenced by relationships. Somebody had come up to someone and said, hey, I'd like to go, I'd like to take you, I want to go over here to this meeting, this place, this building, this church, whatever it was, and it was because of the relationship that people had found out and realized how much God loved them. God builds revelationally, and he does that through the relational love that he builds in you as well. Uh, in Matthew 5, I was talking about the salt and light. It, it says, it go, Jesus is talking, he says, let our good flavor be recognized in our relationships. Let our good flavor be recognized. The revelational love that we've already experienced, that we know, that we understand, let that be recognized in our relationships. Jesus summarizes in verse 16, he says, in the same way, 
let your light shine before others. The revelational knowledge of God, the revelational love that has changed my life, let that light shine before all my relationships, before others, that they may see my good deeds, your good deeds, and glorify your Father in heaven. The point of the relationship again, is to direct people that people would then realize, recognize, man, the love of God, that he loved them so much. So we start off, God builds revelationally, he then builds relationally, and I think both of those are what lead to the third one. I'm gonna be talking about that next week. We'll wrap up our our, uh, eight principles today for relationships, and then next week we're gonna get into generational love. And both revelational and relational are both used in leading us into generational love. Like this is ultimately what relationships are about. If we get complacent, if we get lethargic, if we get just uh, uh, even just apathetic about where we're at in Christ, if it becomes all about our building, if it becomes all about our lives, if it becomes all about us and nothing else, we have missed the point of the relationships that God wants us in. Relational love. Relationships are about an imparting. Relationships are are, are about something bigger. bigger. They're about building up. They're about encouraging one another. They're about building up the very next generation. From, from, as you look at Christ's life, uh, man, from beginning to end, he, he was, he was not just about me, myself, and I, but he was about imparting into others so they could impart into others. We do what we do today, not for today's sake, but for eternity's sake. For that, so that way that your children's children's children can have a place to come and worship, can have an area that's known for its love for God and its true example of what a Christian is. Man, we set the standard today for generations to come. God loves to build generationally. The greatest cause that we can get behind is building generationally. Uh, today, one of the things that we have going for those of you that are online, we down in the in the links below, we've taken our whole uh, children's ministry. Um, they they do a whole worship set and a uh, a message, and we've placed that in the comment section. So if you're watching family at home today, or anybody even here, if you want to go sit down with your kids later on this afternoon, pull up the video in the comment section. There's going to be a link, and it's just the video that the kids, the kids worship, and the kids message for today. What a great opportunity for your family, for you to build generationally into your kids. Uh, I mean, the, the we live in a society and a generation where man. We have access to be able to reach people. Uh, we, we talk about information being a, a taboo, you know, how news is destroying us or whatever. And uh, Well, come on. Uh, look, again, there's, there's a pendulum swing with everything. Over the next couple weeks, some of you, I, I've seen you, you, you swing over here on this pendulum and you sit there and talk about how, look, we, we don't need to be worried. We don't need to be fearful. And you're right. On the other pendulum, you have everybody who's sitting there saying, look, we, we got to be careful. We can't, we can't shake hands. We, and they're right. Look, let's come together and let's just be okay with that. But with it, let's realize that we can build each other up. We don't have to sit there and make fun of somebody else just because uh, they chose to stay home or, or because they chose to go to a movie theater. Whatever the opposite end of the spectrum that you're on is, whatever it is, we, we, don't, we don't sit there and bash each other. What we do is we encourage one another. We build each other up in the faith. That's what the Bible is clear on. Scripture is clear on our relationships. We, in our life, are the example of Christ for today. We're the example of Christ for our neighbors. We're the example of Christ for fellow co-workers, fellow students. We're the example of Christ. 
Sadly, I, I think there's a whole generation of people that are uh, more so today than I think ever, almost walking away from the church because of the examples that we've set. For so long, we've been about our four walls and no more, and, and if you weren't in our clique, it was, uh, you, you couldn't get involved, you couldn't belong, but, but I don't see that's what Christ was about. Christ was about belonging first. He was about, man, look, come unto me, all you who are weary, who are tired, who are heavy laden, I will give you rest. So the same in our lives. When you were weary, tired, and heavy laden, God gave you grace and mercy. So maybe, 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 maybe you could extend grace and mercy to somebody this week too. Unless they have 20 rolls of toilet paper. <laughs> Kidding. Kidding. But guys, we, we have the opportunity to be representatives of Christ. To be a true example. And, and the great thing is, 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 we have the opportunity to see our, our actions echo in eternity. It's about generational building, and I can't wait. Y'all make sure y'all are out here, and again, we, we reserve the right to, as of right now, all of our programs, we're going to continue on as if, as if slightly normal. We're making changes cleanly-wise, and uh, we're already following state guidelines for so much. We even recognized one thing we did this morning that we... We thought, well, we got to change that before next week, and I'll just go ahead and admit it was passing of the tithe bucket. We did everything we could to make sure that you didn't touch a donut, and then we passed a bucket from the front to the back. And I thought, Dad, God. I don't have it. So, so if it was somebody, if you get it, it was from the second row. <laughs> Look. We're going to make changes. We're going to have to, we're going to be flexible. Uh, principle number seven that we're going to talk about today is, is being flexible. We're going to be flexible, and we'll, we'll try and keep everybody up to date. I'll, I'll make some posts this week that say uh, continuing or changing. We, I'm super excited. We've been in the works for trying to get uh, our, our Facebook Live program. Right now, we only do the message, um, but we've been working on being able to uh, stream both worship and and the message, and here over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be implementing that, having all of it live. So, so yes, you can stay in the comforts of your own bed and still watch worship. Now, there you go. Harmonica, too. Um, but look, guys, that, that's the beauty of technology these days. Some people get, get uh, offended at it, but, uh, man, it's a great tool. We have the opportunity to reach more people. And sadly right now, for the, there's more people that are using technology, social media, to bash each other a, a, instead of building each other up, encouraging one another, having the same mindset as Christ in all of your relationships. Um, so I want to jump into it because relationships are important, because like, you have to deal with them daily, whether you, whether you want to or not. Uh, we'd all, you know, I, I think we, we've, we've talked and joked before that, you know, quarantined, if there was a, a cabin in Broken Bow and you could live there for, you know, the, the next year and get paid a million dollars, would you do it? <laughs> Duh. Uh, but you can't talk to anybody and you can't, have elect, or you can't have electricity or TV, you can't watch football. I'm like, nah, okay. Uh, but ultimately... Well, ultimately, even though some of us would like to retreat and, and we're, we're, we're introspective, we, we may kind of just like to be by ourselves, ultimately, we all live in a society in a day, and God created us as well in a manner that we are supposed to be in relationship with others. Our lives are built up. But more importantly, not only is your life built up, but your life, your relationship with other people should build them up. 
So just because you think you're fine is not good enough. If you think you're fine, I don't need it, whatever. Look, I'm telling you, there's people that need you in their lives. God created us for relationship. And because we have to live in relationship, it then only makes sense that we understand the mindset of Christ. When Christ said, or when when Scripture tells us, this is how you should be, you should be following the mindset of Christ, who lived humbly and served, it's giving us the, 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 uh, the, the recipe, if you will, for life. It's telling us exactly what to do. And so what we've done is, is we've taken, because we have to walk in relationship, we've come up with the eight relationship principles. Uh, this is eight principles that, that we've, we've gone through, looked at the life of Christ and said, man, if, if we chose to live in relationship, how Christ chose to live in relationship, because remember, look, Christ lived, we, we talk about the 12 disciples, but ultimately there were the 12 disciples, and, and then there was a hundred above that, and then there were a thousand above that. There were so many people that were constantly following Christ. But even with just the 12, if you look at the 12 in their lives, man, some of those disciples, they, we call them apostles now, and we revere them, but, but man, some of them, their life story was, was harder than some of your life stories. I mean, like, I have to sit and listen to some of you guys. That's, that's hard enough. No, I'm kidding. Like, I, I'm going to need your guys' interaction. We're going to need to lighten up just a little bit. I think there's a little bit of a <gasps> in the air. So I'm going to throw out jokes every now and then. And if all you do is, is sit there and stare at me, it makes it worse. <laughs> all right. So, look, Christ was able to choose daily to walk in relationship with 12 disciples. For a period of a little over three years, he walked daily with these 12 men. Look, their, their opinions differed. Their, their backgrounds differed. They came from all different walks of life, and yet they walked together in relationship. And so if Christ, Christ must have done something right, right? Come on, come on. Christ obviously did something right. And so if we're to be an example of Christ, that's what a Christian is, an example of Christ, then why not look at how he lived relationally and implement that in our lives? We came up with the eight relationship principles, just guidelines on how to live, how we interact, how we show people that Christ is at work in us. Again, the revelational love of God is then shown relationally to others. Christ then reveals himself to them. They now live in relationship with you and with him. And through that, the two of you together now build into other generations. That's what life is about. That Christ would be revealed in our lives and that their relationship would be used to build into other generations. So again, the eight principles, we've already gone through one through five over the last two weeks. If you haven't gone, uh, if you weren't here the last two weeks, on your way out the door, we have a, a little business card. It's a fold, fold in half business card and it has all eight relationship principles on there. I encourage you, grab that card on your way out. We Lysoled every single one of them. Um, there was a kid licking them earlier, so I'm kidding. I'm joking. All right. Look, so look, there's cards back there. Please grab one. Stick it in your purse, your pocket, your wallet. Carry it with you because I can promise you there's going to come a time in your life when you're going to go, oh, okay, I need, to, I need to check. Yeah, that's what I'm supposed to do. I was afraid the Bible said that. Oh, gosh, here comes the forgiveness. Okay, look, number one, number one, the relationship, eight relationship principles. The first one, the simply the forgiveness principle. The forgiveness principle, and this is the key to all eight. I, I wish it was easy, 
and as much as it is easy, it's not. Uh, bear with me here. Forgiveness principle simply states, I will choose to walk in forgiveness and not easily take offense against me. In other words, I'm going to forgive and I'm going to move on. I didn't say forgive and forget. I said forgive and move on. Ultimately, in all of the issues that come up in life, we have a choice to make. Can I just forgive or, or, or do I need to approach this, this issue? Do I need to confront this issue? Again, if we value the relationship over the issue, then we're okay to confront. Do I need to confront this issue or can I just forgive and move on? There's a scripture in Acts 24, 16, and it says, I myself, I always strive to have a conscience without offense toward God and man. As much as is possible with you, live at peace with all men. As much as is possible for you, Paul writes, he says, as much as is possible for you, live at peace with all men. That's the whole idea, the premise behind this. I will choose to walk in forgiveness and not easily take offense against me. Now, sadly, uh, you can walk in every single one of the eight principles, and somebody that you have a relationship with maybe doesn't walk in any of them. And for these reasons, we have two through eight. But two through eight are always going to lead back to number one. Issues are going to arise. Uh, there's always going to be an opportunity for you to be offended. There's always going to be an opportunity for you to be offended. The question comes down to can you just forgive and move on, or is this really going to become an issue? And if it's going to become an issue, then yes, we walk through two through eight again, but it brings us back to even two through eight are going to come back to can you forgive? Guys, forgiveness is key. It's paramount in our relationships. Christ forgave you. Why can't you forgive somebody else? And, and I say that, and, and I, I know I've, I've I, even today I, I've talked with people, talked with a particular individual that was talking about growing up with, with, uh, with sexual abuse and, and all, all these different issues. And, and uh, it's very easy in life to, to become self-centered, to become the victim, and, and rightfully so. Nobody's, I, I'm not... I'm not downplaying the hurt that people have gone through. It's, it's real. But this particular individual is able to say, you know, had it not been for forgiveness, had I, had I not been able to forgive that person, she said, my life would have been destroyed. Uh, and ultimately, that's it. When we withhold forgiveness, what we're doing is, is we're, 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 we're selfishly holding on to something. It, it doesn't impact the person that, that's causing the pain in our life. But it impacts us. It creates a heart that all of a sudden becomes hardened, becomes jaded, becomes just broken. And guys, I can't, I can't encourage you enough. You've got to be able to forgive. Um, now, forgiveness looks differently. I'm not saying that now all of a sudden you're buddy, buddy, best friend with that particular individual. I mean, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what forgiveness is. But forgiveness is saying, God, look, I'm not going to sit here and dwell on this issue. I'm going to turn it over to you. I'm going to forgive that person. I'm not going to harbor ill will or bitterness towards them. I'm going to let it go. It's letting go and moving on. Forgiveness principle. The second principle that we have is the faithfulness principle. Faithfulness, I'm sorry, that's, that's number three. Number two. Number two is the first word principle. The first word principle simply states, you will be the first person to hear about any problem I have with you. This is the no gossip principle. Oh, yeah. It really is simple. Look, if there's an issue, go and talk to that person first as opposed to your mama, your girlfriend, everybody else at work, the cooler, 
that I, look, you don't get everybody on your side and then go talk to them. No. No, Scripture's clear. It tells us in, in Matthew 18, verse 15, it says, If a brother or sister offends you, go and tell them. Work it out between the two of you. If they listen, you've made a friend. Again, it, that, that's the point. That's the reason we have relationships. You've made a friend, another individual that God has brought into your life to build you up, to encourage you. It, that's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be true family. Scripture talks about how when, 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 you, when you believe, when you're born in, we're born into one spirit. We're born into one body. In other words, the body of Christ, everybody that has believed in the Lord Jesus, confessed with their mouth, believed in their heart, is one body. Whether they have differences of opinion than you or not. Whether they're going to vote different than you or not. Look, guys, this is, this is a, a, dare I say it, oh, an election year. And there are some of you in this room that are going to lean one way, and there are some of you in this room that are going to lean another way. There are people in this room who would love to immediately stand up and tell you how wrong you are for thinking opposite. <sighs> Look, the idea is, can you sit down civilly, can you talk about differences of opinion, and yet still realize that you're one body, that you're one, one church, one body, the bride of Christ, come together to build each other up, encourage one another, even though you have a difference of opinion. So, got really quiet. We'll uh, move off of the subject of election. Uh, first word principle, you're the first person to hear about it. Number three, the faithfulness principle. Faithfulness to the relationship, and this ties right back in with number two, faithfulness to the relationship outweighs the importance of any offense between us. In other words, very simply stated, the relationship is always more important than the issue. The issue will never undermine the relationship. It's a choice that you can make in your life. And there's going to be issues that come up. There's going to be differences of opinion that come up. But the faithfulness principle says, look, we're going to choose to walk in relationship first regardless of a difference of opinion. Proverbs 26, wounds from a faithful friend or a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Very simply stating, look, a friend can come up, one that cares about you, one that truly loves you like family, like a brother. Man, a, a friend can come up to you and say, hey, I'm, I'm seeing a pattern in your life that could be destructive if we don't talk about it, if, I don't, if we don't walk through it together and, and make some changes. A, an enemy, on the other hand, is going to come up and just say, well, you look great, you look fine, keep going, keep going with the way things are. An enemy doesn't care, but a friend, if they truly care, is going to be willing to have the hard conversations with you. In our lives, if we value the relationship, we're going to have to be willing to have the hard conversation. Conflict is not a bad word. Conflict says, I value the relationship more than I value the issue. If I don't value the relationship, when a conflict arises, I can wash my hands of you and walk away. I don't have to talk to you again. I don't have to bother myself. But if I value the relationship, then I'm going to have to address the conflict between us. And that's okay. That shows that we value the relationship. That's not a bad thing. That's a great thing. Faithfulness principle. Number four, the friendship principle. Very simply stating, it's my responsibility, not somebody else's. It's my own responsibility to approach you if I need your help. I'm not going to expect you to interpret my actions or recognize my heart's condition. Look, nobody in here is a mind reader. Thank you, Lord God. I can still remember growing up as a kid, I, I swore. I swore that my mama knew how to read my mind. 
I got spankings sometimes when I never admitted to doing anything or she never saw me doing anything. I just like walked into the room and I thought something and she bent me over the couch and I got whooped. <laughs> I really did. I grew up thinking that there was a possibility my mom could read my mind. Thank you, God, she couldn't. I would have gotten a lot more whoopings than what I got. But look, nobody in here is a mind reader. Thank you, Jesus, for that. I don't want to know what you're thinking about right now. But that's just it. We're not mind readers. And if we're not mind readers, then when an issue comes up in my life, I can't expect you to know it or understand it unless I take the time, because I value the relationship, to say, hey, FYI, uh, I'm sick with this right now, or I'm in the hospital with this right now, or my family members are going through this right now. Whatever's going on, if we don't communicate, then we can't expect the other party to know. But how often do we, do we walk through life and, and just expect our friends and, and people around us, family especially, even more so sometimes, to, to know what we're going through when we won't bother to tell them? Husbands, wives, man, I, I can't think. Communication is vital. Vital. We have to be willing to open up, to communicate, to talk. And the friendship principle states simply, it's my responsibility. After that, we have number five, which is the four-day principle. We had a good laugh at this one. This was our last one last week. The four-day principle says, I will not allow any problem I have with you to go unresolved for more than four days. Now, why four days? Well, we talked about, yes, if you can deal with it immediately, great. People bring up the scripture in Proverbs where it says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Yes, absolutely, that, that's great. But how many of you have ever said something in the heat of the moment that you wish you could <laughs> take it back? All three of you? Wow. You guys are all, whoo. Yeah, there's some of you I'm looking at. I know you need to raise your hand. I won't name names. Guys. The four-day principle is just simply sometimes in our lives there's going to be things where, where we need to take a step back. Uh, in fact, there was a, a great example. I, won't, I don't want to go into any detail, but I, I got a call here this last week. Uh, an individual was uh, going through a, uh, a very difficult situation. And they called both me and my wife, and, and they said, listen, uh, I need to talk right now. I left a voicemail. We were at a... At a uh, another meeting and, and couldn't pick it up at the moment. And in fact, through sorts of circumstances, stuff was going on. Got that voicemail that evening, and I actually couldn't call until the, the next evening. Um, and, and in calling the next evening, they explained all that was going on. And, and my first thought was, man, I, I, I'm sorry I couldn't call yesterday. Uh, I, I can't even imagine what you're going through as, as a mother and having to deal with this information. Um, but then they, they came back and they said, Corey, it's, it's actually good that you didn't you didn't call me yesterday. I was, I was just found, I just found out it was all going on. I've now had time to step back, to pray about it, to ask for God's peace in my life about what's going on and how to best handle it going forward. And instead of where I was yesterday, I wanted to just do this, 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 and this, and this. Uh, That's exactly what the four day principle is about, guys. It's saying, okay, the the relationship's important and and I want to address it but I, I just need to take a second to calm down, and then as soon as I can, but we don't let it go for longer than four days. We say four days because, uh, again, the story of Jesus and Lazarus, Jesus comes back in, and, and Mary and Martha are there, and Jesus says, roll the stone away, and Mary and Martha, according to the King James Version, say, but Lord, he stinketh. When you allow things to sit and fester for too long, they stinketh. Thus saith the King James Version. 
So look, that, 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 that's all the more reason why in our lives we can't let stuff just sit there and, and fester and build and, and, and grow. It talks, scripture talks about seeds of bitterness, roots of bitterness in our heart. That's exactly what it's talking about. Deal with the issue before it becomes something that, that is much harder to deal with. Four-day principle. So today what I want to do is I want to jump right into 6, 7, and 8. We're going to wrap up our relationship principles. Number 6 being the final word principle. And both number 6 and number 7 I think are just so brilliant for today, especially just with everything that we're going through. Number 6 is very, it's meaningful for me, although all of them are very meaningful. Number 6 has a, just a special place in my life because my natural tendency is, is to let my mind wander. My natural tendency, and now I would dare say probably across the room, a lot of us, our mind starts to wander. So we hear something from somebody, but then we don't hear something from them in a while, and our mind starts to, to sit there and make up vain imagination, Scripture talks about. It starts to make up scenarios or processes of, well, maybe they've changed their mind. Maybe they, maybe they don't like me anymore. Maybe they don't like the way I'm doing this. Maybe they're going to leave. Maybe they don't. And then we start to just sit there, and all of a sudden we put ourselves in, in, in a life of depression because we're not taking everything thought captive. Take every thought captive, Paul writes. That's what the final word principle says. It simply states, look, I will believe and act upon the last words we spoke concerning our relationship. I will believe and act upon the last words that we spoke concerning our relationship. So very simply, I don't have to sit here and worry about whether or not I'm doing a good enough job or whether something, when, when my authority says, Corey, we appreciate you, we like what you're doing, we want you to uh, keep doing this, this, and this, I'm going to do it. And if I haven't heard from them in three months, six months, which I don't, I don't go a week without talking to my own authority, but, but if I go for a period of time without having talked to them, then I don't have to sit here and worry about what I'm doing. Do they like me anymore? Am I doing it well enough? And, and again, it's their responsibility. If, if the relationship changes, first word principle says they're going to come talk to me about it first. So I don't have to worry. Final word says I can trust final word. And if it changes, I know I'm going to be the first person to hear about it. Final word principle. For me, I, I really believe it's one of the most freeing. I don't have to worry about what's, what's going on. It's my responsibility to notify the other person if there's an uncertainty in, this, in the relationship. Or if, if I'm unsure what the last word was, that's on me. If it changes, it's on me or if it's on them if it changes. But final word simply says, look, don't let your imagination run. I, I think one of the, the biggest uh, faults uh, of many relationships today is, is assumption. Assumption, and I've heard it both ways, and I get what people are saying, that you get so comfortable in a relationship sometimes that you just you know what the other person's going to do before they do it. But not giving somebody the opportunity to address or to actually state what it is that they want to do in a situation, I believe that assumption is the lowest form of communication. Assumption isn't, I know you so well, I know what you're going to do. Assumption is, I don't value the relationship enough to ask you if you've changed, if you want to do something different, I'm just going to assume that you want to do the same thing over and over again. Assumption. The lowest form of communication. Our, our minds wander. Our minds, are, they're naturally just, just kind of, the flesh, man, the flesh just immediately goes to certain areas. How many of you... 
we won't raise hands on this. Let's just do this. Uh, and I think that we find it a lot in, in spousal relationships. But one of them is the, the kind that if you, if you leave for a day, you go to work the whole time, they're, they're worried that you're going to have an accident coming home, that somehow if you don't call at 5 o'clock that, that you've been in a car accident and everybody has died and, and all of a sudden fear starts to creep in. I, I'm not downplaying. There, there's people that live with, with this. But what that is, it, it's, it's not taking every thought captive. It's not trusting God. When Scripture says, do not fear, we don't live with the spirit of fear, but of power of love and a sound mind. It's trusting God with all of our situations and then believing the last word that somebody spoke. We choose to believe the other person was sincere and honest with the last words that they spoke. When you start to assume something different, what you're doing is, is you're now saying that person, when they said their last word to me, they weren't sincere, they weren't honest, they weren't true, they weren't real. And all it is is just vain imagination. There's a passage, Philippians 4, 8, I have it up there behind you. It says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, noble, whatever things are just, are pure, lovely, or of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. I love that verse. But I will admit, sometimes people read it, and, and I don't think they, they grab the general gist of what it says. So there's another version. This is from the message. Let me read this one to you. Philippians 4, 8, summing it all up, Taking it all, summing it, that means like adding it up, okay? Summing it all up, friends, I'd say that you would do best by filling your minds, by meditating on the best, not the worst. The beautiful, not the ugly. Things to praise, not things to curse. Sadly, there's so many people today that live their lives looking for the opportunity to bash and to destroy We've talked about uh, if you walk, if you live your life looking for something, you're going to find it. We talked about this here a few months ago. There's, there's an actual scientific term. I don't remember it offhand, but, but if you, if you it's a great example is if you buy a car, all of a sudden you start driving that car around, and now you notice everybody else that has either that same type, that same model, that same color, something. You've found something. You've noticed something. Now you're looking for something. You start to notice it. So the same, if you live your life constantly looking for, for people to, to be ugly, to be rude, to fail, if you're looking for failure, you're going to see it every day. You're going to see it. You'll find it. But if you change your mind, if you all of a sudden start looking for the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse, now you will find it. Now, does that mean that nobody else will fail or mess up around you? No. <laughs> It'll still happen. But here's the difference. If you're looking for them to fail, then when they do, they write it off. They say, well, yep, typical. They expected it from me. But if you're expecting them for the best from them, then when they do fail, you can then come alongside and say, hey, listen, it, look, we can build each other up. We can, the reason that we do this, the reason we look for the best in people is because then God's love shown through us makes a difference in their life. So now not only do you go through life actually finding and seeing the good, but now you actually encourage others around you to step up, to build up into and be the very good that you are already looking for. You have a chance, an opportunity to be a difference maker, just as Christ was. He walked up to some of the, some of the lowest of the lows. So, uh, and disciples, his disciples were some people that came from backgrounds where they were never supposed to amount to anything or anybody. 
And Christ said, I believe in you. And all of a sudden now, we call them apostle. We set up statues. I, I had the opportunity this last year to, to travel through, through Rome and, and Greece and, and, and see some of the areas where Paul had walked and taught. And, and, and I mean, this was somebody who killed Christians. He killed Christians, and yet why all of a sudden his life was different? It was because of relationships, a relationship with Christ, as well as the relationships that he then poured out into people around him. The final word principle says, think about the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Um, now more so than ever, guys, we, we need to go on final word with, with the church this week as we're making decisions on what's going to happen next week. As of right now, I tell you, I'm live on Facebook. We'll be open. All of that could change tomorrow. And, and we'll make those decisions tomorrow. And that leads us into number seven, the flexibility principle. All of us need to learn to be Flexible. Now, now this one, it's, people immediately kind of get up in arms or, or get, a, get a little, like, like a, little, a little churn inside somewhere going, flexible? We can't be flexible. Let me, let me read this. So flexibility principle says, I will search out options with you in making adjustments in how we relate to one another. And again, we get up in arms when we hear the word flexible, but understand, I didn't say that we compromise our beliefs. But we are flexible. We don't compromise our beliefs, but we can be flexible. We can sit down with somebody of the opposite belief and have a civil conversation as if we were in relationship. There's a scripture, Isaiah 118 says, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. God is saying, come down, let us discuss, let's communicate. Again, there's that word communicate. So important in relationships. Malachi 3.16, then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord gave attention, and he heard it. Look, the, uh, the main basis behind the flexibility principle is, is every single one of us, our lives change on a daily basis. Relationships within your lives are going to change. I think a great example of this is every single one of us at some point in time, some of you may still be there, but you're, you're single, you hang out with all your single friends, and then you start to notice slowly but surely the single friends that you used to go to their house, now you're going to their married house, and now you just feel like the oddball out. You just kind of feel like the third wheel, and it, things are different, and, and it can be easy, very, again, the, that vain imagination, it's, it can get, get in your mind, oh, well, they don't like me anymore, they don't want me around, and no, they're just dealing with a new style of life that they didn't have before. Kids are a whoo, great example. <laughs> All of a sudden, you've got kids running around the house, and you don't get to spend time with friends anymore, and they're calling up saying, dude, you don't hang out like you used to. Uh, well, it's because I haven't slept in the last six weeks, but God bless you. Um, yeah, we'll resume someday. Look, guys, we all have to be flexible in how we interact with each other because every single one of us, our lives change. Things happen, whether it be a, a job change, a, a relationship status change. Uh, there's so many things that happen in life. As things are changing, we need to be willing to be flexible with the relationships that we have around us. Great passage in uh, James chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. And, and, and I love this. King Solomon, he, he uh, wrote throughout the Proverbs how we're supposed to search for wisdom as a fine treasure. 
Wisdom is the, the thing that we're supposed to, to truly seek. Wisdom from above, wisdom from God. And, and James, the brother of Jesus Christ, he says, wisdom from above is first of all pure. Wisdom is also peace-loving. It's gentle at all times. And wisdom is willing to yield to others. Willing to yield to others. I think so many times we stand on soapboxes and, and, and we, we sit there and we, we adamantly say, well, no, 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 this, this, this. And, and all we do at times when we do that is put up a wall to those that are dealing with whatever that situation is. We put up a wall, and, and as soon as that wall is up, we no longer can, can have a relationship where you can now allow the revelational love of Christ in your life to reflect through you relationally into their life. Guys, if we're not flexible... We miss out on the opportunity to show God's love to so many people. That same scripture continues on. It says, wisdom is full of mercy, the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism, and it's always sincere. And those who are peacemakers, those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. Guys, we have to be willing to be flexible. We have to be willing to, to yield to others. Again, we're, we're, not, we're not compromising our beliefs. We're not compromising our beliefs, but, but we are willing to be able to, to step out in, in, into, into areas that, that may be unknown to you and say, listen, I, I want to encourage you. I want to build you up. I want to just be in relationship with you. I think it's only through relationship, only through being willing to yield that it enables us to come together, to work together, to stay together. Uh, oh, man. Time is at 12.15. I'm going to skip over that. I was about to go political again. I'm going to move on to the frustration principle. <laughs> so number seven, again, being, being the... Uh, uh, the flexibility principle, we have to be willing to fle be flexible with people around us. Non-compromising, but flexible. This leads us to number eight, the frustration principle. Uh, look, you're going to work through, and, and over these last two weeks, I've had people approach me and say, Corey, I, I really, I really, I really want to live by these principles. I want to follow these principles, but, but it, it, as much as I keep trying, as much as I keep trying, as much as I keep trying, it just feels like uh, I'm getting completely shut down from the other end. Uh, look, sadly, there's people in your life that um, they're going to push you to a point of frustration. It, it happens. It happens. But your choice, your decisions in those times is going to be what reflects Christ in their life. Um, do you burn the bridge and walk away? Or do you, as much as is possible with you, try and make peace, live at peace with all men? It's, it's, a, it's a decision that we all have to stand into, that we all have to dive into, that we all have to address at some point. Now, again, yes, there's going to be people in your life that, that don't want the bridge mended, that don't want it fixed, and, and, and I hate that. I wish relationships were, were super easy, super easy all the time, but sadly, uh, they're not always that way. There will be people in your life that frustrate you. The frustration principle says when all efforts to apply these principles have failed to the point of frustration... We will commit to, to commit ourselves to appeal to a person with higher authority for the sake of the relationship. That, that means we're going to try. We're going to take the, this is like the final step. 
This is it. We're going we're gonna to appeal to somebody else, somebody else who is invested in both of our lives, somebody who, who wants the best for one. You can't pick somebody who's on your side and say, look, I, I asked my mom and she said I was right. <laughs> that's, that's not how it works. It's going to somebody who has uh, spiritual authority in your life. Um, there's a, a passage in, in uh, and we learned this in the first word principle, Matthew 18, 15 through 16, if a fellow believer hurts you, go and tell them. Work it out between the two of you. Uh, look, it, ultimately, it, it's got to be worked out between the two of you. But after that, if, if it's not worked out, if you can't work out, and now you're to the point of frustration, for the sake of the relationship, we appeal to a higher authority. Passage up there behind me, Hebrews 13, 17 says, Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls and they are accountable to God. Uh, that, that scripture scares me. <laughs> it scares me. We, we all have jobs. This, this, is, this is my job, my profession. We all have jobs. We're all, we all are called to ministry within our jobs. So my ministry is, is as well on top of my job. I, I sit down with people and, and I, I listen to what's going on in their life. And, and as best as I can, I give advice on, on what I see Scripture says as well as, as what life experience has taught me. And we sit there and we communicate. We talk it out. But then to hear that this work is, is to watch over their souls. Like when I read that, I feel like I have to read it in a manner that says, obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your soul. Like, I, I, like it scares me. I hear a bum, bum, bum. Like, oh, God, help me. That's the part that scares me. But let me continue because there's another part that's for you. <laughs> They're accountable to God for it. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. If we're operating in the principles, if we're operating in a manner where, where we're willing to communicate, where we're willing to talk about, uh, talk about issues that are going on within our lives, it, it makes it a joy. We're able to sit down, but as soon as people get hard-headed, as soon as they start to, to, to just write things off or burn bridges, I, there's, there's not much help that I can be. Don't. Don't make me cry in my office. That's what that says. That's, it says, give them reason to do this with joy, not with sorrow. Don't make me cry. I'm kidding. It, it, but look, it, it is about relationships are to be a joy. Relationships in your life are to be joyful. They're to be uplifting. They're to be building one another. You're going to be involved in relationships. How you operate in those relationships will show Christ to others. Can you show Christ to others in the relationships that cross your path? Can you show Christ to others in the relationships that disagree with you or that, that believe different than you? Can you still show Christ? Look, there's, there's no perfect system of how to relate. I, I, if there was an easy button for relationships, we'd all be hitting it quick. I, I realize that. But there's no easy way just to relate. But, but the God who values relationships... In fact, valued them so much that he's been trying to restore the relationship with us from the, very, from, since, since, from the very beginning of time, since Adam and Eve sinned. From that very moment, God has put this plan into, into, into operation, into work, where God is restoring that relationship. He values the relationship with you that much. Then we need to realize that he also desires for us to live together in unity. 
that as much as he wants to restore this relationship, that he too wants to restore the relationship that we have together. As much as he, he wants to restore the relationship that he has with you, he wants to restore the relationships that we have together. The body of Christ is supposed to build each other up, work together, encourage one another. Give us wisdom to be friends with those that have, he's placed in our lives. Not just for ourselves, but for them too. Have you followed through with all the other principles? Do you, do you have a leader, a person of higher authority in your life that you can appeal to if needed? Are you committed to make such an appeal for the sake of the relationship? As I close, look, I, I, some relationships are, are still going to burn. I, I, I wish it wasn't so, and it, it, it happens. I mean, that's, it, it just some relationships are for a season, some are for a, a reason, and, and some are for a lifetime. A season, a reason, and a lifetime. But how we interact with those relationships shows Christ to the people around us. It then builds generationally. Coming back to our scripture that we started with, Philippians 2, 5 and 8. In your relationships with one another, in your relationships at work, at school, with with your own family, have the same mindset as Christ. You are loved. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ. What was that mindset? He humbled himself, taking on the very nature of a servant. Guys, over the next couple of weeks, we, we have the opportunity. There's people that, that while this whole COVID-19 coronavirus may not affect you directly, uh, there's people that it's going to affect. There's people that are, are, are going to be... Uh, unable to, to provide for their family because their job was, was displaced for a little while. There's, there's going to be situations going on that, that we may not recognize. There's, there's going to be people that are, that are elderly, homebound, sick, uh, weakened immune systems. They can't go out and pick up their own groceries. What can we do in our relationships with one another? What can we do to serve each other? Your neighbors, is is there something that's going on in their lives that you're not even aware of because you're so busy with your own? Is there an opportunity for you to show Christ in your life, the revelation of God in you, in their life relationally, building into more generations? You have the opportunity over the next couple weeks, man, to to truly put an ear out and listen to what's going on around you. There's going to be kids that that are going hungry. There's going to be people that are more kids showing up to different places. And guys, there's so much going on. But with that all is more opportunity. Again, it depends on what you're looking for. You can look for more people to steal your toilet paper. Or you can look at more opportunity, man, just to be a witness to God. Of what God's done in your life. That even while you were yet still a sinner, even when you didn't care, even when you were totally walking away from him, that God showed grace and mercy and love to you, can you now do the same to those around you? Oh, but Corey, they, they have a difference of opinion. They, they vote different than I. They, they believe different than I. They, they don't do this or that or whatever. Okay. You're still a human that needs to see the love of Christ. Can you be that example for them? you'll bow your heads with me as I close. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, Lord God, for everything that you're doing right now. 
We, we pray uh, National Day of Prayer, Lord God. We take the time as, as a body of Christ to come together to believe, Lord, that, that and we know that you are bigger than, than any disease, any pandemic that could come across this nation, Father. We will not live in fear. We're going to live, Lord God, knowing that you are in control, Father. But at the same time, we thank you, Father, for, for authority, for people that are, are researching, that are studying, that are looking in ways to treat this, Father. And I, I pray that you would use us, Lord, in these times to, to be an example to those around us of your love to not flippantly shoot off uh, against government or, or for government in, in, in a way that, that disconnects somebody else with God, but instead we, we use this opportunity to, to find ways to serve, to humble ourselves as you did, Lord God, for our lives, that we would continually reflect you, Lord, the, the revelation that was given to us, that we would then be that example for others, that they would see you through our lives. God, I, I thank you for grace and mercy. I thank you for all that you are. I thank you for what you're doing right here in this place, Lord God. And I pray that in our relationships with one another, in our relationships with our community, our, in all of our relationships, God, that we would, we would continue to have the same mindset as Christ. That we would humble ourselves and that we would serve. Father, use us to impact this community. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Guys, y'all have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful rest of the week. God bless you all.